That's a shake. The head went forward. That's it. We're live now. It's live. There we go. Johnny might be bluffing. Johnny might be telling the truth. It doesn't matter. We're going forward as if he's real. What's good, Whisper Nation? It is Monday after the Super Bowl. We're live now. Are we actually live, Johnny? Yeah, we should be live. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. We are live post-Super Bowl Monday with another mock draft Monday coming your way. Hope all y'all Chief fans are doing okay. And enjoy <laughs> letting your voice get hoarse complaining about the refs. Go off, Kings. And for Tampa Bay fans, however many of y'all are there, enjoy quarterback Tom Brady earning his seventh. New England fans, I'm wondering really how you're feeling deep down on this one. I don't know. I know you all supported him getting to this point, but in your heart of hearts, I really wonder how you feel watching him lift another Super Bowl ring above his head that doesn't come from the Northeast. But that's neither here nor there. Travi, how are you doing? It's great to see you. How are you doing post-Super Bowl, man? I'm good, man. Uh, Super Bowl was good. Got to grill up some good food um, and watch you know, the game. It wasn't a great game, but... Uh, it, you know, it is nice to see greatness. You mentioned Brady. Um, I think we talked a little off air about just not really ever probably going to see anything like this ever again. Um, and, and what a sport it is to do it in. Uh, football is not easy uh, in any way, shape, or form. And this guy is making it look easy to win Super Bowls. Um, and that's just incredible. And I think it, it's just worth noting like how great he truly is. Johnny, what was the most impressive part of what happened yesterday to you? in what was pretty much just like a well-managed game from the Buccaneers' perspective, which was kind of a boring Super Bowl from overall in some ways. But you tell me, what was the most exciting part, or what were you most impressed with? Um, the 31-9 uh, score uh, that ended the third quarter and the fourth quarter, uh, it gave me the, the victory on the squares for both the third and fourth <laughs> yeah. quarter. So that was the most exciting part for me. That was what I was rooting for the most. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's where I stood on the game. Uh, I was enjoying that part. Right on, man. Well, welcome whisper nation to our mock draft Monday. We're doing a 12 team PPR mock draft here. And if you'd like to join along with us and draft with us live, go ahead and hop on the fantasy whispers, Twitter account. Johnny has sent out the link to join our live mock draft. You can come in here and join the rest of the crew. Speaking of, i got to give a shout-out here to our live draft room here. we got Macedona, the FF Grinder, the Fantasy Five, John Johnny Game Time Picks, of course, Ryan Mobley, Jacob Blair, number one fan, and, of course, Big Travi. We've still got four spots left, and we're going to get started here in just a minute. So if you haven't yet joined the live Sleeper App Lobby, you can go ahead and do so, as well as follow along on YouTube we've got five folks watching right now what's going on everybody hope you're having a great start to your week after the super bowl if you're in our live chat here and you haven't hit like and subscribe please do us a favor go ahead and hit that bell hit the subscribe button hit the thumbs up right now it allows this brought this live stream to broadcast out further we can bring more good folks in the mix here and get our live draft going travis got the idea right there with the two thumbs up we're going to go get in here and start it in just a second. It's a 12-team PPR. We've got three wide receivers, two running backs, quarterback, tight end, no kickers, no defense, just 13 rounds. But the exciting bit on this one, we've got rookies in the mix. Isn't that right, Johnny? Yes. We finally, we've been we've been wondering when it's going to happen. We've been asking for it. We've been mocking anyway. It doesn't, it doesn't stop us or prevent us from mocking. 
But now we find we don't know where the rookies are going to go. It's all speculation at this point. But that just adds to the drama. That adds to the suspense. I'm excited to see where guys like Najee Harris goes. See how crazed and the thirst of running backs and rookie running backs uh, comes up in this first mock draft with rookies. Rookie stonks on the way. We'll see how they go up. (laughs) (laughs) To the moon. To the moon. To the moon, baby. Diamond hands only. Get those paper hands out of here. (laughs) Big Travi, anything the people need to know before we fire this mock draft up? We've got three spots left. We just were joined by Pyro0926. Thanks for joining us, Pyro. It's great to have you with us. It's going to be lighting up this uh, mock draft, dude. (laughs) Nice Pyro reference. Yeah, That was hot. (laughs) I don't know if there's anything crazy. I mean, I think I'm still continuing to draft based on what I know. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty as far as free agency moves. You know, just today I was looking at some of the Packers Twitter with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams both getting new agents um, just in time for their unrestricted free agency. So a lot of that will come into play, I think, as the offseason goes on. But I'm going to assume that these guys are still on the teams that they say they're on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll draft accordingly uh, that way. But Agreed. We'll definitely be switching up our mock drafts, ADPs. All of that is going to change pretty much every single week until kickoff mm-hmm. comes you know, around Labor Day. Uh, but right now, we are still getting started. This helps give you a great baseline of where folks are at and monitoring those switches as actual drafts get closer and have you get a leg above the rest of your league by liking and subscribing to the Fantasy Whispers and joining us here in our mock drafts. We do them every Monday. If you don't catch us this week, hop in for next week. We'll see you uh, We'll see you then. Johnny, is there anything we, uh, we need to do before we get this one started? No, I think uh, we should go ahead and hit that start button. What, what do we say? Fire boys? it up. All right. All right, let's do it. And remember, when you're doing your drafts, always know the rules. Always make sure you got the fundamentals in line. Again, this is a 12-team PPR, up three-wide receiver league. Keep that in mind as you're moving forward. I know I'm going to go ahead and start this off. I like Alvin Kamara right now. It's just a fun one to get going in a PPR league. The man looks like a truly special running back still and might even just be getting better. Travi, is there anybody at the top of your list you're hoping to snag um, in redraft leagues coming up this year with what we know now at least? Uh, I think Kamara's nice. I think there's some hesitation depending on what they do at quarterback, mm-hmm. um, you know. But uh, I do think between him and CMC, especially in PPR, are guys I would I would love to have on my roster um, at the top of, uh, as you said there. So I don't mind the Kamara pick. I think Kamara is, you know, usually underrated in most drafts. This this year is probably not going to be the case because he he dominated um, and was v- even more efficient than a than he's ever been. Um, and that's good news for, for a guy that lives off efficiency. But, you know, we saw when Taysom Hill was in the lineup as the starting quarterback, the receptions were not there for a guy in Alvin Kamara who averages about seven receptions per game mm-hmm. uh, or averaged uh, about seven receptions per game last year. So that's that's something that uh, you want to try and take a look at. But obviously, we got to like we said at the top, we're, we're drafting based on what we know right now. Let's see what the rest of Whisper Nation knows at this point in time. Following Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey was the next off the board picked by Macedona, followed by Devontae Adams, first wide receiver gone, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, and Johnny Gametime Hicks picks up Derrick Henry, your AP Offensive Player of the Year as of this weekend. It's been fully announced. Johnny, would you be taking Derrick Henry 1-1? Did he fall to you right here, or, or how are you kind of stacking up these early folks looking down the pipeline right now? I mean, still, I think in a PPR league, you're still going to take, this is about 
about where he's going to go. Now, Saquon Barkley, that's the big question. Where's Saquon going to go? That's probably like the number one question that you'll see this whole offseason is just where he's at in his rehab. Um, mm-hmm. But being that it's a PPR league, I still think Saquon, barring any setbacks, should still go above Derrick Henry. Just we don't know how much he's going to get involved. We keep wondering if they're, they keep saying they're going to get him more involved in the passing game, but we haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, Derrick Henry is a beast. He'll get you there rushing the ball. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think Derrick Henry is going to be awesome. I think that this, this year, a lot of the running backs that you're going to get in the first round, I know that we tend to say that we said that last year and then it ended up, uh, you know, turn it up on us but I, I think that there's a lot of safer running backs in the first mm-hmm. round this year and maybe when you say safer that kind of translates to um, the tiers are a little blended right yeah. like you could be the middle kind of backside right now big Travi just picked up nick chubb yeah who you can make great. a case for as as being the best running back in the nfl in an optimal system whose coach was just named coach of the year who doesn't really have any signs of regression up ahead. Um, I know Kareem Hunt is there, but that doesn't really keep him from getting 17 fantasy points a game, it seems like. Yeah, and Jonathan almost. Taylor there. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be... Yeah, look at that. Like, what were you thinking right there, Big Travia? I love the Jonathan Taylor pick. I love seeing him go above Joe Mixon, above Austin Eckler. I kind of put him right there with Josh Jacobs for me in terms of role on the team, talent, all that kinds of stuff. What was going through your mind with Jonathan Taylor? Um, pairing him up with Nick Chubb there at the back of the first round. Yeah, just so many things that we look. He he's got the pedigree as a he had the pedigree coming in as a prospect. We knew he would be he mm-hmm. should be good in the NFL, but he was a slow starter, had vision issues, uh, had usage issue, issues. But then over the last month, Jonathan Taylor was the best running back in fantasy football, um, and and that was better than Derrick Henry, better than David Montgomery, better than Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. So um, this is a guy that ended strong, and if we looked at you you know, some precedents. Speaking of Derrick Henry, a couple years ago, Derrick Henry ended the year strong and then finally figured it out, figured his running lanes out behind a really strong offensive line. That's exactly what's there. And I'm also kind of banking on the Colts figuring out their quarterback situation, whether it be <laughs> via free agency or whether it be via trade. They're they're linked to the Carson Wentz uh, speculation right now as well. Um, so we'll just see how that kind of shakes out. What do you, th- you know, I think this might be an interesting section that we could do down the road here for the Fantasy Whispers would be what players are one offseason addition away from taking a tier up? Like mm. what quarterback would Jonathan Taylor need on the team to all of a sudden be really moving his ADP and expectations? ahead you talked about Alvin Kamara might having a drop down from the quarterback he's going to be going to be behind center this year right and I think if we even look at some precedents with the Colts themselves like Brissett with Marlon Mack like Marlon Mack was still an RB2 with Brissett in the lineup Um, so it's not that Marlon I think Jonathan Taylor's a much better running back than than Marlon Mack so I think that there's a still a potential for Jonathan Taylor to finish as an RB1 even with um, Brissett, but I think the upside is probably a little capped here. Whereas I think, you know, you get a Carson Wentz in there. Not that I love Carson Wentz, but in that kind of system, uh, with that kind of line, he should, he should do big things there. Ooh, there we go. And I went ahead and finished out that first round, um, running that second round back here. Uh, Jonathan that's Taylor. A, that's a fun 
three you got there, Austin. Isn't it kind of fun? I yeah, like what it's... was emerging there at the end of that first. Uh, after Jonathan Taylor was DeAndre Hopkins, Joe Mixon off the board, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, Tyreek Hill, Aaron Jones, Stephon Diggs, Miles Sanders is gone, Calvin Ridley too, Kenyon Drake. I closed out the second there with Julio Jones and started the third with DK Metcalf. I'm not hurting on that stack there. Mike Evans was taken right after. Um, but this kind of brings up an interesting point when we're drafting really early right here, Johnny and Travis, is that we're taking last season to heart. It's still really close to us, and we just had the Super Bowl yesterday. Um, you know, has your draft strategy changed at all, especially in these early rounds, kind of where we're at right now from last year? Did any new information come out in the 2020 season that's going to affect your 2020 draft outlook? I'll ask Johnny first because Travis got a draft here in a second. I mean, it, definitely the uh, Matthew Stafford trade, right? That that affected a lot of pieces in my eyes. Mm. You know, you have Robert Woods could see a, a major like he was already very very good he's already heavily involved in that game plan now you're giving him a quarterback that would like to push the ball down the field a little bit more uh you're talking like cooper cup what does this do for him i think you know the relationship was so uh there was such a relationship between Goff and cooper cup especially in the red zone it'll be interesting to see what happens to cooper cup now you might be able to get cooper cup at a discount because maybe that hype or, you know, maybe a lot more people start uh, downgrading Cooper Cup. And then you've also got Van Jefferson there who looked like a very solid rookie. And we'll see what he how he takes the next step. Um, and then, you know, adversely uh, for Detroit, you're looking at, OK, now you have Jared Goff instead of Matthew Stafford. Now, what does this look like? Um, and, and new coaching staff. Do they bring back Kenny G? That offense could look completely different. Uh, Marvin Jones is also a free agent. So they've got a lot of question marks at the wide receiver position over Those there. Are, that's a great dynamic you bring up, Johnny. Travis, I'm really taken back by all the conversations going on with Matt Stafford and Jared Goff. And you saw such an overhaul or a, an imbalance, if you will, balancing out the Matt Stafford acquisition by sending all of these picks over along with Jared Goff. And I'm asking, is Matt Stafford really that much better than Jared Goff? Um, honest it's, question, Travi. What do you think? It's a fun speculation to be in. Um, I, you know, I have to catch myself in these debates because, you know, the old angry man in me wants to be like, <laughs> it doesn't, we can't make this decision yet. Like it, there's, we have to see it on the field. Like I, I, we can speculate all we want, but like if they go to the Super Bowl and win, then yes, sure. the trade was worth it. And that's the bottom line. Um, but, you know, we've got to check it out. Do I think that he's that much better? No, but the Rams had shot themselves in the foot trading up to go and get Jared Goff in the draft that they drafted him in and then also paying him just this last offseason uh, a monster contract. And so, yes, they had to go and make this move with the picks they did because that was what it cost to get that contract yeah. off their books um I, do i think he's that much better probably not do i think he has what it takes to get them to the next level yes i think but this is i mean as much as it is on the rams this is on stafford who's never faced this kind of pressure before mm -hmm. because detroit has never really gotten there right. um so yeah this is an interesting one it's a, it's a it's a big one and it's a big gamble I'm so excited not to spend too much time on this specific dynamic here, but I'm so, so curious to see what Matt Stafford and the Rams end up pulling out together because I think that Detroit has been this black hole for talent and opportunity for so long. I mean, goodness gracious, the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the exact same amount of NFC North titles 
as the Detroit Lions do. Yeah, that's right. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the same amount of NFC North titles as the Detroit Lions do from when they were in that division during the expansion. But I mean, Matt Stafford, the Detroit Lions are the organization that has Megatron, one of the greatest wide receivers of all time, retire with so many years left. They've had like three thousand yard rushers ever that's not a real stat but like they never get productive (laughs) running backs their coaches that coaching carousel is like the one at the mall it just goes and goes for a freaking quarter um but matt stafford like he's gotten paid a lot he's he's been over there for a really long time he's thrown for five thousand yards but what is he really going to do now with sean mcveigh and a successful organization that the rams are i'm i'm really excited to see what this is and now i'm excited to draft the fourth round and fifth round picks i think i think that matthew stafford is significantly better than jared goff you look at what jared goff jared goff his at his peak he threw for 32 uh 32 touchdowns (laughs) and um actually i need to look up the yardage because i think it was four we looked this up the other day travis it was what four thousand yards i think uh passing yeah i think somewhere around there um yeah, I, I would agree with you that I think that he's significantly better. I think that, you know, Goff in his in his prime was really in a system that was multifaceted. You know, when Todd Gurley was was the main weapon in that offense, it made Goff look good because the play action was hitting so well. Um, I I don't know if the running game kind of failed Goff at the end, but and I don't want to make excuses for the guy. I think he I think he's a fine quarterback. I think he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. I just don't know that he is the guy that's gonna win you ball games. And I think that's mm-hmm. what the Rams feel like they need, especially after injuries to the running game last year. Winning ball games is what Detroit and the Rams are trying to do. Winning fantasy games is what we are all here trying to do. And in this fourth round we saw AJ Brown lead off followed by Robert Woods, Todd Gurley, Kenny Galladay, the aforementioned, Chris Carson gone, Juju Smith-Schuster, DJ Moore, J.K. Dobbins, Darren Waller, James Conner, Terry McLaurin, and De- DeAndre Swift closed out the fourth round. Antonio Gibson there started the fifth. And I think we're at this really interesting time right now in the mock with Johnny shaking his head of starting to see maybe where the ADP is off or opportunities that exist right now. What are some players that you're seeing develop in this mock draft we're in right now that are making you say like, oh, that guy's going to move a lot, expect a lot of movement here. I saw James Robinson in the third. There's no way James Robinson with Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence stays that far back or goes after um, some of these guys we saw there. But um, Do you think he moves into the second? I don't see why not, right? Like, I uh, tell me, like James Robinson over Joe Mixon. Yeah, no, <clears> yeah, I, I think he I don't, belongs. I don't, I don't think it's a. I, I'm just. I was a little I think surprised. He belongs that in he, the beginning of the second and to the, you know, to the somewhere in the second. If you look at Aaron Jones, you look at Austin Eckler, some of these guys that went there last year. I think he's well within his rights after what he put on paper this year to be there. And if nothing changes, if nothing changes, Austin Eckler, yeah. Because he's not. If nothing he's a, changes in that backfield, too, right? Like then he's for sure, right there. Oh yeah, I don't disagree with. It. I think it should. Uh, I think he he will probably end up going in the second. Um, dang it! I really kind of. I don't like the wide receivers are here. I don't like. I think I could get better value by waiting. Um, That's where I was at too. What? Here we go. Here we go. Hold on. I got twenty one seconds. Travis, you had. I want to take a moment here to shout out Whisper Nation we've got in the chat thread while Johnny Game Time is making his pick here. Darius Rice, what's going on, man? Great to have you with us. He's doing some mock dating 
himself. Oh no, mock draft. Yeah. <laughs> Some mock, mock dating. dating. I was like, all right, run the simulation, man. Good for you. <laughs> uh, Henry R says, how do I get into the mocks? Question mark. Does anybody know? Calm down, bro. We got you. We're good. <laughs> Travi's on it already. We tweet out the links before we start. We'll be mocking next Monday as well. We're also dropping weekly, daily content. So make sure you've liked and subscribed um, both on YouTube, but then also followed along on Twitter and Instagram so you can catch Johnny Game Time Hicks fire tweets with the links, inviting you to join all the fun that we got here along with the rest of Whisper Nation. Um, but I know that Big Travi here is getting ready for his fifth round pick. I wanted to ask John. Getting ready for Jacob Blay to snipe me here. I can just feel <laughs> yes. it's coming, dude. First time in the draft, it's going to be right here. I know. Yeah, Clint Eastwood movie right now, blowing <laughs> Travis's stuff all the time. Jacob Blair, number one fan. CD Lamb. Oh, man. And he did. Oh, I know how much you've been talking about CD. I'm expecting exciting I- things out of CD. I'm excited for CD. I was looking at him. He was probably my top wide receiver option. Uh, I just didn't know. Sixth, fifth round, mid-fifth round? I don't, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. That's something I want to Yeah, it's not it for me. Yeah. Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper are not old, and they're not bad, and their snap percentage is very high. So, yeah. CD Lamb. I mean, do, does CD Lamb have the highest ceiling of those three wide receivers at this point now? We've got a year under the belt. Is that the future alpha in Dallas, Johnny? I mean, I, I do think he's the future alpha for sure. Once contract things kind of shake out, he's going to be – he's the rookie there, and he's showing a lot of uh, he potential. Looks so good. Yeah. My my thing is, is and it'll be interesting, It'll this theory will probably develop as we go through the offseason, but as of right now, I'm kind of treating him like I would – um, like a running an RBBC that's it's a very a good RBC like uh, something mm. like in what Atlanta used to be kind of or we'd say in San Francisco where we're always saying let's let's just draft the last guy uh, the best value here mm. and that's mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the offense is going to be it and we've seen the offense under Dak as long as Dak gets back and everything is showing that he will be back in time uh, and and so it's kind of like well, give me the best piece, you know, or give me the the, the cheapest piece in that offense because I just want a piece of the offense and I'm going to get the best value. And that could be Michael Gallup. Like Michael Gallup is a tremendous, I, I think a lot of people underestimate Ooh, how good, good he one. is. And so it's like, that's where I was kind of like looking because I'm like, I do like CeeDee Lamb. I think he could be a very good wide receiver. I think he'd be a wide receiver too, potentially a wide receiver one next year. Um, but it's like, Johnny, I got goose pimples all over my body, below the belly button included, which is like the impactful ones, I know. And it reminds me of Travi's pick here, who took Tyler Lockett there in the fifth of when Philly Chelsea took Tyler Lockett like in the 13th round, like three years ago in our league of record. And that ended up being arguably the steal of the draft. And Johnny, you just brought up Michael Gallup, and I got similar vibes that I did with Tyler Lockett back in the day. It's like Michael Gallup should still probably be Dak Prescott's number two option. Michael Gallup, who Mike McCarthy said last year, is a number one wide receiver. He didn't say he's mm. our number one, but from a talent perspective and prototypical sense, he is a wide receiver one yep. who's never looked like bad. He's just been involved with other good players, and there's a lot of mouths to feed. That could emerge, though, as a sneaky, sneaky steal this year, right? Yeah. Like, am, I getting, am I getting too excited, Travi? Like, I'm sorry. I was in the chat. I didn't hear who oh, we were sorry. talking about. No, We're talking about bad. Michael Gallup. No, We're talking about Michael Gallup, and, and you you took Tyler Lockett here, and Tyler Lockett was Russell Wilson's number two back in the day, with Doug Baldwin being that number one. And Tyler Lockett ended up like you know eating even more into the workload. Is Michael Gallup 
getting some of those vibes where he could be this year's Tyler Lockett of three years back. I like the way they used they used Gallup similarly. I like that comp a little bit because they 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 had him going go routes down the field quite a bit, especially mm-hmm. when Dak was healthy. So I'm a big fan of Gallup. I think his game is is super solid. He should stay in the league and stay productive for a long time. Um, and you get a fully healthy Dak, man. Uh, I especially with the way the line is trending. Uh, the offensive line, I think this is going to be a team that throws a lot, especially with Mike McCarthy, uh, Kellen Moore. I, I think healthy Dak is the, is the key there because we mm. saw Gallup, you know, kind of fall off in a big way um, without Dak. But with him in there, yeah, heck yeah. And speaking of upside mobile-ish quarterback, Deshaun Watson is now off the board. We had that false alarm of the Patriots deal going through. I know that it probably went through a lot of chats too. That one was a pretty, pretty popular one. What do you guys think are popular destinations or what would be an ideal destination from you uh, looking at Deshaun Watson from a fantasy perspective? Johnny, what would you think would be an ideal situation for, for Deshaun Watson? I would ideally like him to go to either uh, Denver or um, which I don't know how much potential that actually has, but the one that actually has a lot of potential and I would really love would be Miami because they have a mm. lot of young talent. Um, they're rumored to add to potentially be adding a rookie running back this year, um, and so potentially Najee Harris, um, and uh, that he's been linked there. Anyway, I, I think that, the, and then you've got, you know, Devontae Parker, you've got these other, uh, Preston Williams, you've got these other young <laughs> people, Mike Jacecki, that it just would be like, okay, that would be such an upgrade for Deshaun Watson. And then it's like, okay, we could potentially really see the high, high upside of Deshaun Watson now because now he's got all these playmakers, you know. And And an organization that seems a little bit more solid. And then I think on the other side, Johnny, that's not a bad deal for Houston. If you're able to acquire Tua, who had a really good year last year, you look like this is a fundamental quarterback with upside. (laughs) Um, And you need a little bit of that fundamental ability uh, as well as some youth to – combined with that timeline Houston's going to need to journey down mm-hmm. to actually bring in a, a real quality football team. Um, but Deshaun Watson also isn't – Deshaun Watson's what, like 26 years old? He's 25 years old. Um, he's like a second-year quarterback in some instances. Uh, so this is just a really interesting situation. And, and I guess for me, Travis, are you concerned at all by Deshaun Watson's health? Is that something that teams should be factoring in, or is this still a potential Michael Jordan-esque football player the way that his college coach described him coming into the NFL? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, we've talked about this at length, um, you know, when coming to fantasy football and and thinking through the health aspect, you know, do you want to try and predict Mm. injury? And I'm just going to swing for the upside every single time. So, yeah, I'm going to take Deshaun Watson, regardless of his play style being a little bit um, reckless at times. Uh, But I'm a big fan of, of his game, and I think the way that he tilts the field is similar to that of a Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers or a Lamar Jackson. And so... Uh, that's that's a guy I want on my team for sure. I love that tilt of the field, maybe an ability to make an impact past what's sitting there without you on the board or an average quarterback filling in how much more of an influence you would have over that replacement average level player. Um, speaking of average level players, I think in the seventh round, you started to get to see some some interesting crossroads and and where these players are going to emerge. We saw Will Fuller start off the seventh round, followed by Devontae Parker, Cortland Sutton, T. Higgins, Aaron Rodgers, Marquise Brown, A.J. Green, Raheem Mostert, 
Mark Ingram, T.Y. Hilton, Jacob Blay, number one fan, is picking right before Big Travis back on the clock for that 7-8 turn. Um, Johnny, uh, any other players right now standing out that you see coming off the drafts that you're getting excited about or players to keep in mind as the seasons progress that are going to have a lot of movement? Guys, you might think you're going to be able to get super late, but maybe we should temper that excitement right now because there's not a shot in hell that come real draft time they're going to be where they're at now. Well, I mean, there's a so I'll answer your first. The first guy that I I am intrigued by and seeing where he does go. I don't I don't think that his his draft stock will move very. I mean, it will a little bit, but I don't know if it's going to move significantly. But Cortland Sutton. Now, this guy uh, was a wide receiver that was being taken in the fourth round last year. Um, and he was showing some real potential. Now, obviously, he had the injury, uh, and and so we, you have to monitor that. Um, and usually, they're a little bit slow getting back. So that's why I do think his his stock, uh, his draft stock, could kind of stay around the same. But what I like about it is that you you look at that offense, and they really like to funnel to that wide receiver one. And um, depending on what you know, Denver does this off season and, and things like that. There. Sure, like Drew Locke would have to take a, a, an up an uptick, but the thing that you saw, like yeah, uh, Drew Locke was significantly um, inaccurate on his throws, but someone who can counter that is actually Cortland Sutton uh, because he can, you know, uh, he can change the way that he you know, catch radius exactly. Thank you. Um, yeah. So yeah, that would be someone that I'm I'm really kind of monitoring uh, that I, I'm looking at in this later rounds. I think that whole seventh round right there, Johnny, is kind of an interesting collection, specifically of wide receivers. The round that Cortland Sutton, who you were just talking about, was gone. In that same round, we saw Devonte Parker, Will Fuller, T. Higgins, Marquise Brown, and then AJ Green was auto drafted, so we'll forget about that last one. And then also T. Y. Hilton, mm-hmm. right? We got T. Y. Hilton, Marquise Brown, T. Higgins, Cortland Sutton, Devonte Parker, Will Fuller. Those Mr. are all Touchdowns, really high y'all. upside wide receivers, but with some some big question marks, right? Yeah, well, especially if T if T Y Hilton gets if T Y Hilton gets Carson Wentz, then I think that could be some real juiciness, boys. We could see some movement on aisle seven. We could see it uh, with T Y Hilton because uh, we we were seeing him come alive with uh, with Philip Rivers, Mister uh, You Know Noodle Arm three point uh, He was end getting, of the season. Yeah, I. I got to ask you guys this. I, I think I know Johnny's answer, but I wanted to get Austin's kind of take on this. Do we think that Carson Wentz is good at football still? Uh, do we think that uh, what we saw was more of the Eagles surrounding cast of, of characters, or do we think it was more on Carson Wentz? Do we think a change of scene really is going to revive him? You know, Travi, when I looked, when we did some of the breakdowns last year, some of our in-depth um, breakdowns from the matchup perspective. I remember going into Carson Wentz near the end of the season and taking a look at his advanced metrics in terms of clean pocket accuracy, under pressure accuracy, overall QBR, deep fields, um, attempts, accuracy, all these different things. And that dude was in like every metric outside of the top 32. There, and, and it was like under really? pressure, he was better than he was in a clean pocket, but he was still like number 33. He looked like Zach Ertz. Ladies and gentlemen, there are only 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Exactly. So we're looking at better numbers 
um, to scale of these backup quarterbacks and we are Carson Wentz, former number two overall pick. Um, so I need to see something different, Travi. Like I need to see Carson Wentz show me that he's not who we saw this year. To me, he does not get the benefit of the doubt. And if I was, <laughs> if, like if my Packers were thinking about picking up Carson Wentz, I would not be stoked about it unless he was coming in as a reserve role. I don't think he's a savior. If you're a New England fan and you're picking up Carson Wentz, I think that's I think that's another Cam Newton 2.0 type of situation where you're going to get good moments, but you're not going to get a good season. So you think he's done? You think he's cooked? I think he's done being a, an MVP cat knocking on the door contender for here's, sure. I think he may be a startable. Here's the one thing I would say. If he goes to – well, I am intrigued by him going to Chicago – I, I am a little bit sometimes it's just it's the play calling and and you there the the one thing I'll say is there was an instance in which um he it was like a Monday night football game and Carson Wentz was being interviewed and he said he was like the the struggle is is these plays that are being called that Doug Peterson doesn't realize like the time it takes in order to set this up and like our line isn't being able to to hold up in order to get this you know this playoff. And so, like, I I think that if you have a different system for him where he doesn't have to maybe hold the ball so much and, like, mm. the play calling isn't um, – oh, wait, am I – I might have confused that story with Nick Foles. Nick Foles that, and Matt Nagy. Okay, yeah. so maybe we don't want him to go to Chicago. <laughs> I take it all back. <laughs> Opinions change with new information right. over here, folks. Yeah, exactly. That's how you know you can rely on what we're saying. Basically, I just want him. I want him to go to Indianapolis because he had his best. He had his best year um, with the with the coach, head coach um, Frank Reich. Frank Reich. So, and I and we've seen what he could do with different quarterbacks. That's the other thing I like about him is like we've seen him with Jacoby Brissett um, and what he can do. We saw him with Andrew Luck. We saw him with Philip Rivers, and he made it successful for each one of those. And they're all different mm -hmm. kind of style quarterbacks. And so I mm -hmm. I do think that that and like Carson Wentz would be get a little bit confident. Um, uh, maybe I, I don't know if he has his confidence shaken. Um, and so maybe this would help with that. The familiarity with the system could help him. I just think he needs out of Philly, man. Those, those, yeah, you're dating, you're dating. What's going your on in partner, the water in Philly? Your partner is a, is a Philly fan. You know, bad things, bad things happen in Philadelphia. Yeah, bad things happen. Bad things. If you're Santa Claus, you get hit with snowballs. If you're Doug Peterson, you're out two years after winning a Super Bowl. If you're Carson Wentz, the monsters come and took all your talent. It's funny. He knows what goes on. Johnny con confusing those two stories, you know, with Doug Peterson and, and Matt Nagy. And I, I remember Foles saying, like, Matt Nagy doesn't realize how long he needs to call these plays or how long we need to call these plays. But one of those guys still has a job, and that's Matt Nagy. So, yeah. um, I, mean, I mean, I think he's done a BDN, decent job. The BDN uh, still has a, a job right now, and he's just going to be traded. I was just talking about the two different coaches there. I, I, oh, got it. I think um, – yeah, I, it's interesting. I don't know if Carson Wentz is still good at football. I, I struggle to see it, and and a lot of that's backed up in what, um, you know, Austin was saying in those numbers, uh, and I think those are the deep metrics we like to look at because they tell the story really of what's going on. Um, but yeah, I think a change of scene, especially to a team as good as Indianapolis, could really get it going for him. Um, I think that's what he would need. Chicago, I wouldn't. Chicago just reminds me of a of of, of Philly. 
you can't write these people off. Like I'm with you, and like it, it could switch up um, because these are human beings and they have real circumstances that are different. I'm just reminded of Kyrie Irving crossing over into and the NBA where he had like that week or two where he was gone. He was MIA. He left Brooklyn, and you know a lot of people saying a lot of intense words following that. And, and I'm not here to judge any of that take on what he did. But if you see what the man did post coming back from that, and he came out and talked about mental health and he wasn't in a good spot, and the dude's averaging 30 points a game since he's come back after that's yeah. happened. And you just wonder what happens with the change in scenery because the talent for Wentz is real. It's there. Something He's got the yips or he's lost his mojo or whatever is going on. It seems like it could be fixed mentally. Yeah, sometimes it just takes that change of scenery too. You need to be bought back in. Um to being a leader oh. again, getting a new group of men to lead. You're going to buy back I in? I need to see it though. You're going to buy back in? <laughs> Whisper gonna... Nation, oh. if there's anybody that you're curious about too, if, if you think that they they just lost it, or uh, or maybe they're coming back and they're coming back, they got more left in the tank like Antonio Brown showed us on that touchdown yesterday, someone that Johnny Game Time Hicks had been profitizing about coming back to an epic return all season long, much to his own chagrin because he took so much heat from a lot of people, myself included, on how ridiculous an idea it was that the man would last more than three games if he was invited back to the NFL. And he's got a ring. He's dancing in the end zone. He's got, so, well, what was funny, just, uh, do you see that, that picture he posted on his Instagram where it said uh, it was his draft card, uh, Antonio Brown's draft card. And he was like, mm. he put in uh, on, on his, and he was like, NFL, or he tweeted out, like, NFL, when are you going to realize greatest six-round pick in the history of the NFL? And it's like, um, bro, do you, you not? Tom Brady right there. Yeah, it's like, uh, do you not realize he's in the locker room with you? And like, what? what? Uh, but yeah, that's kind of funny. Oh, that takes her. It is wild, too. I saw one of those from inside the celebratory locker room of one of the Bucks players on their Instagram live or whatever, being like, oh, they want me to show Tom. Like, Tom is in a different space. Here's Tom. And it just shows Tom over in the corner, just stacking his bag up, just like it's a normal day of high school, closing down the day at 3 o'clock, just loading up, moving on. Everyone's going buck, and he's just doing his thing. Big Travi over oh, here. You, I thought I could wait. Oh, on yeah. You thought TJ you could. La- last round, TJ Hawkinson, but I see Austin got him. Oh, TJ is going to be, he's going to be a major sleeper tight end. He's going to be on a lot of people's lists this year. Oh, I was also like thinking about tight end. I don't know how he could be a sleeper, but sure. Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram, and TJ Hawkinson were on my board right there at that spot. I took TJ Hawkinson over Henry or Ingram, but it was kind of close. I just think he's got the most physical capabilities and the, the role on the team is pretty ripe. Also excited by the, by the Jared Goff insertion, what that could mean. But how would you stack those ones up, Travi, now that you've Moved on. Obviously, Hawkinson over Ingram or Henry. Um, yeah, over those two, I think that Ingram's inconsistency, especially with health, is is a problem. Um, mm. I I do love me some Evan Ingram though. I think he's a talented uh, specimen. Yeah, I think he too. should be a, a, a breakout guy, but he's just I, he's hard to trust. And then Hunter Henry, you know, we just saw that Herbert wasn't a typical rookie quarterback. He didn't, you know, just pepper his his tight end. He pe- peppered the wide receivers and everyone. So. The the fact that Herbert's really good kind of hurts Hunter Henry just a little mm, bit, um, mm. just because he's able to spread it around. But I maybe do, he's just I, one of those, maybe he's like a Rodgers who just doesn't love his tight end. He just prefers right. the wide receiver game. Yeah, and it's like when you have Keenan Allen and you have uh, Mike Williams and you have some of these other guys that he even got involved. Um, why not? You know, especially Austin Eckler. We've talked about this before. You know, when you have a receiving running back, 
Yeah. A lot of the times they're running the same routes as a tight end on the field, Ooh. in the middle of the field, coming out of the yeah. flat. So sometimes that is a little detrimental to that player. Um, you know, for the sake of the team, it's good, but maybe not so much for that the the fantasy football outlet. Yeah, uh, receiving running outlet. backs running similar routes to tight ends, especially if you're playing Brett Zabo and Madden, they're running the same <laughs> route, aren't they? Oh man. Brett like Zabo in Madden is like uh, it's the uh, uh, equivalent of like somebody in Tekken who does the sidekick and just beats you in Tekken with the sidekick the whole time. Go on that B button, baby. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Front of Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram to me kind of feels like the new Jordan Reed. Not inconsistent due to health, and when he's there, he's still good. Like Jordan Reed was even still good a couple of games when George Kittle went down last year it wasn't like he's just kind of faded into dark like zach Ertz. maybe fingers crossed hasn't but maybe did but evan ingrams it's like he's always good it's just is he gonna get the opportunity is he gonna be out there he's their best wide receiver i here's the thing i is i want to know I, i'm pretty sure jacob blay is following along on on youtube he straight up sniped chase edmonds from me I'm pretty sure he saw that i was going to take it because uh people could see my screen that was an unfortunate because I thought I was going to get Chase Edmonds. And then you had Drake Travio here also taking Javante Williams. I can't believe you you took him after – oh, my gosh. You're killing me. Oh, smoking mirrors in the beginning telling you that he's not going to take yeah. these rookies. And I'm not taking more, but... any rookies today. Took a couple until, rookies. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I can't believe you, dude. Unbelievable. Johnny, you talk about Chase Edmonds. You're living in Arizona right now. I see that beautiful Cardinal over your left shoulder sitting on top of that Cardinal's helmet. Yeah, shout very out nice. To very nice. Philly Chelsea. She sent me that for Christmas. Little care pack is a little I love you coming your way. Yeah. Is Chase Edmonds going to be more than a backup this year? I mean, it's going to really deter if they can if they can bring Drake back on a on a pretty uh, you know, inexpensive contract, I think that that uh, I think they do that. I'm a little worried. Uh, there are some rumors that maybe Mark Ingram comes here, which would just be hideous and gross. Hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> but I do mm-hmm. ultimately think that they are going to try and get Chase Edmonds more involved uh, and be the more featured back unless they do. Re- if they resign Drake, I think they'll continue to go with what they're doing, you know, because it's, it's kind of working. Um, but I do yeah. think that if they are like, oh, we're going to let Drake go. We could see them either draft a later rookie running back. Uh, we could see, you know, they, they took a rookie last year uh, and, you know, Benjamin, we could see uh, him potentially mm. come back and chase and him be the two one and two. So there's a lot of question mark. Obviously, that's why Chase Edmonds is still a 10th rounder as of right now. Talk about someone yeah. who do I expect his, you know, draft stock to majorly go up or down. Uh, chase Edmonds would be that guy because I think if he if he is the i mean you look at drake drake is going in the second round i think yeah. that you know i don't know if chase would go all the way that high but maybe you'd probably be looking at chase as like an end of third early fourth round guy so he can make a huge jump this offseason uh depending on how that shakes out with the cardinals i don't know why but jacob blaze laughing at you johnny he says tell game time ha in the chat, yeah. in the sleeper chat. Exactly, because he did. He saw that I was going to take Chase because Chase was further down on the mock because his ADP hasn't adjusted. And so I scrolled down to see who I wanted so I didn't run out of time because I almost did last pick. And well, and like, if you look at man. Ryan, Ryan Weiss, our, our friend from uh, – he's at the Fantasy Five in the sleeper um, mock, but he's our friend from Club FFL. Um, he takes A.J. Dillon in the 10th year. I mean, that's yeah. – 
that's a steal of the draft right there, especially if we assume that I was hoping you know, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are, are gone. So I was hoping uh, I hope that doesn't happen. I, I was hoping AJ was going to fall to the to eleven. No, you weren't, dude. You I didn't was. even see him. I did. You didn't. Sounds see Sounds like him, Jacob Blaze. Uh, taking up a lot of space in your in your mind there, well, yeah, free. Meant, yeah, I mean, dude. He's, he I owns was, you. I right was now. so ready to take Chase, and then when he did, Jacob it, like, Blay might as well be that star spangled headband on your head, <laughs> just wrapped around there, your mind. <laughs> and now, and now Chase Claypool comes off the board. He was the other guy I was kind of looking at. Oh yeah, it's, I'm off the rails. It's man. like when a it's like when a guy one of those Panic. long shot waiver guys goes off, you know, and then you're sitting with your buddies and you're like. Oh, you know, uh, you know. I said that guy's name once. Yeah, I I was looking at him. I I, th- I thought of him once. He's I've thought you know of him what? before. You know, what? I'm gonna redeem myself on this. This is I think the I think this is gonna be the number one running back for the New England next year, Damian Harris. No, because he was the number one running back last year. Yeah. So nice. Epto facto, connect the dots, oh, dude. <laughs> connect the dots, oh. Now, Damian Harris really was an underrated gem last year. He just didn't get crazy opportunity, but. Yards per carry, efficiency, all that good stuff. Yeah, dude. I'm um, definitely tailed off the end and didn't didn't complete his time. But he's 23 years old. He's coming into his third season. He had a a chunk of hundred yard plus games. It's tough to do for the Patriots, especially with Cam Newton as that main running back. Listen, you can rattle me for for one round, but I'm back in it, man. I'm focused. I was I was ready to go with this second this in this 11th round. Despite having AJ Dillon and Chase Claypool both come off the board, who I really wanted. As Jacob Blaze making his 11th round pick, this is a pretty interesting round. This is a fun part of these mock drafts um, in that it's it's you know it's volatile and you get a lot of gems all over the place. And that we've got Jalen Hurts starting the 11th round off, Mike Gusecki, Chase Claypool, Antonio Brown, it's another exciting pick, Marlon Mack, Damian Harris, Tevin Coleman could be something, Jared Cook, Tyler Higby, Henry Ruggs. I really like that one. Um, and Tony Pollard, Jalen Rieger, Travis Boy. Uh, we talked about the Eagles quite a bit, but is Jalen Rieger who you're situating to be that number one wide receiver in Philly? Does this Fulgham or anybody else give you pause or is it Rieger all the way? I like Rieger. I mean, Fulgham, uh, the, there were flashes of a, of a few guys, right? And I think that even Ward got involved with, with uh, Jalen Hurts a little bit too. So mm-hmm. I think that Rieger, you know, will have obstacles to overcome. But if we're talking about a second year guy with game breaking speed, you know, somebody that hurts could hit on that big play. And I think in the 11th round of this mock, it just makes a lot of sense to build my depth uh, at the wide receiver position with guys that are, you know, big playmakers. So, yeah, I I think Henry Ruggs might have been a guy I'd take ahead of him, but he was already kind of off the board there Mm -hmm. Um, just because I think, you know, Ruggs is a guy that, John Gruden loves and just yeah. wants to get involved. So we'll see, though. Um, yeah, I think Rieger's got some huge upside. You know, I really like the way that you frame that there. And, yeah, that's a guy, if he's available in your 11th, I don't think he's going to still be available that late. But no. I will say that last year we didn't see a Philly wide receiver coming off the board until super, super late as well. Because like, it was Deshaun Jackson mm-hmm. who was leading the pack um, start of year last year. And we just don't yet know who it's going to be. Oh, and yeah. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was a high-caliber draft prospect who didn't amount to anything. And, and I'm, I think Rieger is the guy. I just think you actually might be able to still get him late, even as well, August. Well, yeah, and, like, and you, you nailed it there. And he didn't do anything special last year to warrant taking him a little bit earlier than that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just going based off of his outlook, his draft profile from last year, pretty much. Right. Um, so... So we're coming here to the end of the 12th round, which will start off our 13th and final round right after that. 
And Whisper Nation, it's awesome that you are still with us in the live chat. If you haven't yet, hit that thumbs up button. Please go ahead and hit that button along with the subscribe. Allows us to keep doing what we love to do most here and connect with Whisper Nation and all y'all out there around fantasy football. Um, but what we'll do at the end of this is Big Travi, Johnny Game Time Hicks, and myself will break down our own teams. Y'all let us know who you think won. And then we're going to go through the rest of of uh, Whisper Nation's drafted teams in here. Um, each one of us will give a breakdown of it, um, our overall grade, and then uh, the other two panelists will uh, you know, agree or, or slightly disagree with that take before breaking down one for themselves. So stay with us here as the end of the 12th round is coming. The 13th will be over here quick, and then we'll do our famous draft grades um, for the mock famous. draft. As World we do famous. World every Monday. Fantasy whispers, like those burger stands that like they're like the best burger in the world. Just, I mean, we can we claim we could probably claim that best mock drafters. No, you can't. We can't. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of the word um because I do have an I have a communications degree with an emphasis on advertising, and one of our upper level courses back in the day was talking about hyperbolic statements, and I, I need to find the word. I, I remember it's it's um I think it starts with a J. I'll find it. if anybody in Whisper Nation knows that word of what's it called when you're um you're exaggerating um it, puffery puffery it wasn't it wasn't uh, Jay it was a P. <laughs> puffery is the word Samsonite allowed to Samsonite. use puffery. Way off. puffery puffery the best cup of coffee in the whole world you can put that on a billboard because people say well that's just puffery it's okay oh, so uh, yeah no the world famous world famous draft grades coming your way yeah no puffery, puffery. included so this word it's real. It's real, I swear. Man. It's real. It's real. It's real. It's real. It's real. It's real. As is Michael P. Ryan's second season coming in as the force oh, yeah, dude. of the New York Jets. Yeah, <laughs> he's taking over, dude. Taking over. He's taking over the coaching role, quarterback role. It's going to be the New York Michael P. Ryan's, led by the Michael P. Ryan. Get ready. We love it. Yeah, we do. Oh my goodness! Who's it going to be? Travis, how are you feeling about this uh, mock draft here? Well, I would have liked to get Josh Allen instead of Justin Herbert. I thought it was real close, but uh, you know, Jacob Blay doing Jacob Blay things, uh, sniping me. Uh, but I like what I put together. My starting roster, at least, the bench is a little suspect, but that's to be expected with not knowing what's going on in this offseason yet. It's not a clear picture. Um, we don't know where these rookies are going to land. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm okay with the hypotheticals in the bench. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm pretty confident in what I've put together so far. Just trying to give a hot name here so I can make sure to beat y'all on the reviews. <laughs> That's what I live for. Swisper Nation, make sure you have followed on Instagram as well. Johnny's going to post a uh, little clip of our three teams. This, I think, is what he's going to do. I don't want to put words in his mouth. He's what he's done the last two weeks. And uh, excuse me, that was Travis. And uh, let us know. Let us know who you thought um, was the best mock draft. And we'll try it again next week, too. Um, so, again, follow us on Twitter and YouTube so that you can catch the link to this sleeper app room. Join along with us live. Um, and thanks again to Mesodona, FF Grinder, the Fantasy Five, Pyro90926, Ryan Mobley, and Jacob Blair, number one fan, for joining us here this Monday, February 8th. We'll be back at you at February 15th next week as well. And everybody in Whisper Nation who's following us in the live chat on YouTube. It's awesome to have y'all here with us. We could not do this without you. We wouldn't do this without you. It would be weird and sad. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
So, Johnny, what are you kind of thinking in these ends of the rounds and of drafts? I know this is a mock. We might be thinking of kickers, defenses. We're not playing that game right now. Who are you looking to pick up? Is it handcuffs? Is it late round dart throws? Anything you got your mind on right now? Actually, you're yeah. picking last yeah. Travis. Well, here. I can tell you right now because I'm about to get I'm about to get a, a stud right now about to win the draft here. Yeah, win the draft, man. Get I'm getting rookies. Kenneth dude. Gainwell. Yeah, dude. I'm getting I'm getting rookies, man, taking those dart throws. That's what I want to do on these late rounds. You want to get the best dart throws possible uh that you can and to give you those best best chances because here's the reality of the of our sport. It's very violent. Well, fantasy football isn't violent, but football is violent. <laughs> and so you want to take the dart throws of guys that could potentially take you know take that job or if they're injured away from being a league winner and there are certain guys that are uh that you could do that with and so that's where i'm looking you know you don't want to necessarily go for a guy that's not on the best offense and taking his back a backup handcuff because that doesn't know good but um you know guys like jonathan taylor his draft stock was significantly lower because uh, you know, he was in an RBBC. We didn't know what how right. that would shake out. And then what happened? Marlon Mack gets injured. All of a sudden, Jonathan Taylor won a lot of people leagues. So that's where I'm looking. Ipso facto. Ipso facto. Connect the dots. Dot, so. so he was. And we're all looking now at a beautiful completed mock draft here. This is well done, boys and girls. It is done, but we are just beginning now. Um, Travi here made his final selection, closed out the draft with Jonu Smith. Ooh, that's a nice little yeah, tight end good... stack you had there at the end of Robert Tunyon and Jonu Smith, two upside plays you were able to get for very, very cheap. Travi, um, do you want to go ahead and start us off here at the uh, – you just closed out our draft. you want to give us a breakdown of, of how you got to this point and what you think yeah. of the team? Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor, I just felt very fortunate to be at the back of a 12-team league and come away with two stud, talented running backs with great offensive lines on teams that love to run the football. Um, so that was pretty much uh, a no-brainer for me there. Then I wanted to get you know wide receivers that were veins in their offense. I uh, was able to do that with Adam Thielen and A.J. Brown. Tyler Lockett, not so much, but I think in PPR with Russell Wilson, he's going to have some big games. And I think as my third wide receiver, I, I was you know, fascinated by getting Tyler Lockett there. Kareem Hunt, I think, is the perfect flex in most leagues, especially mm. in PPR. And then if I get him, the added bonus for me is if anything were to happen to Chubb, I get an RB1 best handcuff in the league right there. So... I think they're, you know, most weeks you're playing them. Last year, I think you played them, if you played them together every week, you were happy. Yeah, what, what um, about last year where when he played by himself without Chubb, he wasn't good. But he was actually, yeah, he was yeah. worse. Yeah, so, so what do you say uh, there, dude? <laughs> he was still well, like in a back-end RB1. Though, right? I, I still, yeah, he, was, he, he wasn't like, he didn't sink you or anything. It's not like he completely choked. Johnny's but, yeah. trying to acquire Chubb and Hunt for me in Dynasty. Yeah, so, oh, I see. yeah. This is, it's a 4D game. Also. He's probably trying to get Hunt off of me in this mock draft right now. Yeah, but it's dude, not going to happen, dude. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm already starting to wheel and deal, dude. Yeah, dude. So uh, then I went with – I wanted, like I said, I wanted Josh Allen. I thought he was falling uh, big time here in the seventh and just almost got him there. But went with my boy Justin Herbert instead. Um, just uh, – I'm, I'm happy with Herbert there in the seventh. I think Herbert's going to have a big year. He should take a, another big step forward. Uh, he showed a lot of poise 
Um, just was a really good quarterback last year. Jamar Chase, I think, is one of the most talented wide receivers, if not the most talented in the class coming in. So just wanted to take a gamble at him there that he gets in the right spot. Same with Javante Williams. He's one of the top five running backs coming in this year. And, man, I was really impressed. Me and Johnny spent some time last week watching Javante Williams film together. And this guy looked like an Alvin Kamara light, bouncing off of uh, defenders. Just nobody on the first tackle brought him down. And so that's a good sign for the NFL if you can break tackles at a high rate. Zach Moss, just hoping the takeover happens uh, this this upcoming season. We talked a little bit about Jalen Rager. And then the two tight ends, I, I uh, just wanted to get a stack of guys with big upside, and I think both those guys do have that. Uh, so, yeah. I like it. I love this draft, Travi. Yeah, I don't see I, any yeah. – it's nice. Appreciate like, that. Yeah. yeah, like if you want to take an issue with like Thielen over Robinson, or you're talking about main veins, like maybe we'll see Justin yeah. Jefferson, but like that's just a personal call. Mm-hmm. And so I think from what you wanted to do, you executed really nicely. Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, was, I, I like that draft. All what right. about yours, game time? Yeah, I'll go next. Uh, I drafted from the sixth spot. Uh, Derrick Henry fell to me. We were talking about that, whether he should go. Um, and then I had Aaron Jones in the second. I understand there's rumors, you know, there's always rumors of where he could go. Uh, but I think that he's going to be good no matter where he goes. Uh, that that we do know. So uh, I took him in the second, stacked my RBs. In the third, uh, it was kind of funny. I was looking at George Kittle in the second um, mm-hmm. because I really just liked the George Kittle value in the second. Um, yeah. But Aaron Jones was there. So uh, I passed on it and then. George Kittle ended up following me in the third. I was actually looking to go uh, as a wide receiver at that position, but couldn't pass up on the value. So I went there. I had to grab DJ Moore. He was kind of like uh, my favorite wide receiver left. I knew I had to get one in the fourth. And then uh, Kyler in the fifth was a little bit of a panic pick. Um, I was I wanted to get a wide receiver. I was looking at some RBs. Um, we so I end up going with Kyler. I'm not disappointed. I do think that next year he could be, I mean, he was battling for the number one overall quarterback position through like 10, 10 weeks. So it'll be interesting to see if he takes another step up. Uh, in the six, I needed a running back because I only had two at that point. So Najee Harris took the running back, number one <laughs> prospect in the class. So I, I grabbed him. I don't suspect he'll be a six rounder once he finds a team, but what, what the heck? This is a February mock draft. So why not? Uh, I needed wide receivers, Marquise Brown, Brandon Ayuk, I, uh, and Jerry Judy, I, and Corey Davis. You can take him in the 12th. I grabbed those because they're PPR guys, so um, I just needed some trying to find those other guys that have upside. That's what I was looking for. Hunter Henry, I just like the value. Um, and then Damian Harris and Kenneth Gainwell uh, are the two running backs that I chose later on. I, I think that those have high upside picks. Uh, or running back picks uh, later on in, in the draft. So that was my draft. I don't. I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, we've been doing this is a fourth week, uh, first week with rookies uh, in our draft, and this is probably my least favorite draft that we've done. Um, but you know, my team isn't terrible, but I don't know if it's a league winner. Definitely a fun team. I'm a little nervous about the floor. But yeah, you said you don't know if it's a league winner. I'll just tell you it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I thought, you know, you say panic pick with Kyler Murray. I think that's a great panic pick to have. I think yeah. Kyler Murray, you, you talked about him through 10 weeks. He was he was on pace to beat Lamar Jackson's MVP season as far as fantasy was concerned. Now, some things with the play calling obviously ended up that way. You definitely have some top-heavy hitters, depending on where Aaron Jones goes, but, like, 
that big three, I think Derrick Henry, George Kittle, and Kyler Murray could be as dangerous as any uh, team that we've got going here today. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Except for maybe not mine, which I'll break down <laughs> now. <laughs> I kind of thought of this. Get one. after it. All right. So I started in the one-one spot. I went with Alvin Kamara and a couple of guys to consider on this one, but I was really excited actually by the running back room that New Orleans has. And whether it's um, him or Latavius Murray taking the rock, I think they're doing a really good job. And we've got some question marks from the quarterbacking position, but I just think Alvin Kamara's talent is so, so good. And um, comparatively to the rest of the top-level running backs, I just actually feel the most safe about his situation and his upside along there. So I really like getting Kamara and then pairing him along with two wide receivers. Um, Julio Jones and DK Metcalf, a couple of main veins. Julio Jones, I know Calvin Ridley was taken right before. I actually wanted to stack Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley up together. Uh, but when that wasn't available, I just love the upside presented here with Julio Jones and DK Metcalf. Um, so those are my two wide receivers then holding it down. DeAndre Swift and Antonio Gibson, two second-year running backs coming in, who I'm really stoked about. I think those are both going to be top 10 running backs probably by the end of the year. Um, they just need the opportunity, I think, um, to make that happen. Deshaun Watson was my quarterback, at least my first one. And Will Fuller, we'll see what happens with him. You know, we're dealing with some suspensions, but his upside is just as good as nearly any wide receivers. I'm excited to have him aboard. Along with TJ Hawkinson, upside tight end play. Latavius Murray, that handcuff for Alvin Kamara. Um, Jameson Crowder is a name I was really excited to get super late, a guy you're not going to be able to find this late come August, September. Um, He just showed just too much consistency when he played. I mean, his second to last week, he had like 20 points. Um, And then Jalen Hurts, I think his prospect from a fantasy perspective is really, really good. Also, just from a football one, if you're an Eagles fan, you're excited about him, no doubt. Michael P. Ryan's probably going to be their starting running back. He was drafted in, I think, the third or fourth round last year. And Frank Gore, I don't think, is going to be really uh, a competition for him, especially if they try to take this season seriously. More ahead on that, we'll see. And then Christian Kirk, um, we know the upside's there for him. He's not going to overtake DeAndre Hopkins, but that doesn't, he doesn't need to to still be efficient. So that's what it was. That's my draft. Here we go. This is uh, reminds me, and you know, obviously, Whisper Nation isn't as adept to this uh, because they don't play in our our league of record. But this reminds me of an old school Austin Sear team right here. A lot of upside, a lot of fun, uh, swinging for the fence on these guys with like Alvin Kamara, DK Metcalf. Love the Hawkinson and Fuller pick. Like, let's see where Fuller winds up because that could be a big addition somewhere. Um, and then Deshaun Watson and, and Hertz, man, what a combo to have. You might you might give yourself a headache. Uh, with that one, you know, like my, not knowing which guy to put in each week, but that's a good problem to have, as we like to mm-hmm, say. Mm-hmm. I like that. All right, so that was. We want to jump into uh, these other these other the world teams. famous, the world famous, the world famous draft grades. Draft grade. Here we go, world famous draft grades. No puffery attached. <laughs> I ended the last one. I'll go ahead and just start this one. We'll just bounce it back. Macedonia was the number two position. He took Christian McCaffrey in the second round, Kenyon Drake. A couple of wide receivers there to go along with him, and Mike Evans, Terry McLaren, Mark Andrews is his fifth-round pick. That'll be his tight end. Ronald Jones is his third running back. Devontae Parker is his third wide receiver. Tannehill is going to be his starting quarterback. Tyler Boyd, Emmanuel Sanders, Curtis Samuel. There's three bench wide receivers. Gusecki, backup tight end, and Neam Hines there. I... I think there's a there, first five picks are all really good. Um, Kenyon Drake, if he keeps holding on to that, I think it's a fine where he got him. Chris McCaffrey can never go wrong there. I think Mike Evans next year 
is on a trajectory to have a really good season. Terry McLaurin, two. Mark Andrews, three. Um, I don't have an issue with any pick that he made here. Maybe Neam Hines at the end, but still not even. I think this is a pretty good squad. It's hard for me to take issue with it. Um, I'm not blown away. That might not be his fault at all. It's just kind of what's available there as well. This is a B plus. This is a B plus for me. Maybe you could talk me into an A minus um, because I don't see any weaknesses, but I, I'm just not in love with it either. Not his fault. Um, B plus for me. I don't have anything starkly different from that take. Um, there are a lot of guys where you're just like, they're maybe just not for me, um, but they're definitely producers. You know, there's there's production there to be had for sure. Yeah. Dick Trav, you want to take us on him? Um, yeah, F. I'll Grindr. go with FF Grinder. I want to thank him. He was in the chat. said it was a lot of fun. I want to thank him for joining us today. I think it was the first time I've seen FF Grinder in here with us, so appreciate him popping in. Uh, went with the upside down, and, and we're in a PPR three-wide receiver league, so this is kind of the spot you can do that. Um, went Devontae Adams, Calvin Ridley, Keenan Allen. I mean, you've got the pop with Ridley. You've got the consistency with uh, Devontae Adams, uh, and then you have the consistency with Keenan Allen. I love these wide receivers. James Conner's an interesting running back. We're going to have to figure out where he lands. Um, if Pittsburgh brings him back, I don't think they're interested in doing that, but we'll see. Um, and then Cam Akers, I think, is a is a smash uh, smash pick right here. I really I really like Cam Akers next mm -hmm. year. I think he finished the year strong, was healthy, and McVay definitely showed his, his hand that he wants to lean on him. Dak Prescott's another one that I think is going to be maybe we'll have to see, but everything points to his ankle coming back well. And I just read today that he'll probably be franchise tagged if they can't get a deal done. So it looks like he's going to be in Dallas with that team regardless. Come on, Jerry Jones, just pay the man. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Cortland Sutton, we talked about Sutton being kind of a value as well. Miles Gaskin, I think, is a huge value too. If he can be the guy, like we saw whoever the guy was, and and a lot of it was Gaskin, was very successful. Sterling Shepard is a lock for 10 to 15 points in PPR if he's healthy, so I think that's a solid uh, bench piece there. Philip Lindsay, um, I'm not sure where he's going to be and how he'll do uh, where he goes, so we'll have to see how that goes. Just not a guy that wows me ever. Um, for any team he's on, yeah. even when he produces. Big Travis likes to be wowed. Uh, yeah. Chase Claypool, I think, is a nice steal here, too, in the 11th. Especially depends on what happens with Juju. Because yeah. Claypool's usage could really rise if Juju ends up leaving. And we've talked about Juju not being someone they wanted to extend. Mm -hmm. um, well, so we'll see how that shakes out. Cole Komet. Uh, was getting nice usage down the stretch, so he could be an interesting uh, tight end sleeper. And then Dallas Goddard, I actually would have taken instead of Jonu had he fallen me to the 13th. So I love Grinder's team here. Um, I think that he's a little weak at running back just because we don't know what's up with Connor. Um, we don't know where he's going to land, so I think that's a little bit of the weakness. And I, I'm just not a huge fan of the Lindsey pick, but I think that he's strong everywhere else pretty much. Um, maybe tight end's a little shaky, but I think Goddard's going to be really good next year. Um, I'd give it a, I think it's similar to Macedonia where it's a B plus for me. Um, I think the running back, I would actually go just B. I'm not going to give him the plus. I'm going to go B just because of the running back situation. That was the exact grade for me. Just a little bit below Macedonia's. Yeah. I would, Still yeah, a good team. I had that. That's what I had B. All right. I will jump to fantasy five, which is our good friend. Um, and so he's probably going to have a great draft here. Well, I can already tell you looking at his in, in prep, you know, as Austin was getting the last breakdown, I was prepping 
for my breakdown here. And this is an awesome team here. Started off with the three running back approach, Dalvin Cook, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, all three running backs that are very good in PPR. Uh, then he took Darren Waller in the fourth, which I think is very good value uh, at the tight end position, especially in a PPR. Uh, OBJ, mm-hmm. Devon, uh, Deontay Johnson, T. Higgins in the uh, middle rounds there. And then he grabbed Joe Burrow as his quarterback in the eighth. Uh, he took Robbie Anderson in the ninth, and then uh, A.J. Dillon in the 10th, Antonio Brown in the 11th, Chubba Hubbard uh, in the 12th, which I really like that pick. He got a really good pick there. That's who I was kind of hoping would fall to me in the 13th, but didn't. He was sniping my picks all day long. And then he took Trevor Lawrence in the 13th. Um, mm. I really do like his team. Um, obviously... There are huge question marks. Joe Burrow, his health when you know with that knee, and then Trevor Lawrence, obviously being a rookie quarterback. Um, but we've seen the last few years these rookie quarterbacks really do come on strong if they have the right system around them. That would just be my my one caveat is how great is the Jet or how great is the Jags uh, system going to be? Hopefully, it's good. Um, but I would give the I like this team. I would give this team. Probably an A minus. I don't know if I would go uh, straight up A because I do have some question marks at the quarterback, um, but I do overall like this team. I'd give it an A minus. I'd give this an A if it was a dynasty team drafted two years ago. That one for me, it's it's um it's just like it's it's good there. It's I'm you know like I'm a little concerned about Odell Beckham. I love that he is the guy though. They should be working really really hard to get him back to alpha status coming off that injury. Um, T Higgins looks like he's gonna have a really good career ahead of him. Tyler Boyd is still in the mix. Joe Burrow had a really nice start before he went down. It's just not guaranteed type production as much as you can guarantee anything in the NFL. So I'm a little bit nervous from the floor perspective on these players, Odell Beckham, T Higgins, Joe Burrow, even um, pretty low floors. Uh, And then the other guys don't have like through the roof ceilings, but it's still really good. Um, I think I'd probably go BB plus. If it was a different quarterback situation, it would, it would take a half letter grade a higher for me. Yeah. I'm similar to Austin's take on the wide receivers. I don't mean to kind of crucify Ryan here, but I, I do think that the, the wide receivers should be good. But they're definitely those guys that are probably going to burn you a few times in OD, OBJ and Deontay Johnson. And honestly, Ben is really the one that burns you with Deontay Johnson because I don't know where Ben's at. Like, is Ben going to be good enough? He looked cooked at the end of last year. So um, we'll just have to see how that, that all shakes out. Dude, but I thought got, the A.J. Dillon got, was a huge steal. Hey, yeah. you don't have to worry because they, they got old boy. Uh, your boy your boy strip club Dwayne. <laughs> Dwayne Haskins oh is, is now in. Dwayne. Strip club Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, strip club Dwayne, don't worry about it. Yeah. So. Um, we didn't see strip club Dwayne picked up on anybody's team. We'll see if that switches <laughs> up as the season gets closer. Um, Pyro0926 drafted in the fifth spot. I'm going to break him down here. He took Saquon Barkley with his fifth spot. Can't go wrong taking a, a talent like that at that position there. We'll see how his reports from that um, ACL tear progress. Stefan Diggs there in the second. Love that. He is a true number one. I think he's only going to get better with Josh Allen. It's Those two are very good for one another, Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen. Uh, Justin Jefferson, wow, like talk about excitement coming into his second year. J.K. Dobbins, it, 
is his backfield now. They're still going to keep Gus Edwards or Justice Hill or whomever they end up drafting. Just It doesn't seem like John Harbaugh ever wants to give a running back a true bell cow load, even if they're ready to handle it. Maybe it's wise in the long run. Um, not the best for fantasy, but uh, this is the running back that you want hands down for sure in J.K. Dobbins. DJ Shark, um, he no one's challenging for that top spot. Trevor Lawrence is arguably an upgrade. Um, Jalen Waddle, love to see these rookie wide receivers starting to become a part of the mix. Aaron Rodgers showed what he's about. I think that probably continues next year too. Um, my Super Bowl MVP is 43 years old. Aaron Rodgers is going to be okay. Um, Michael Gallup, we talked about that at the start of the at the start of the episode. Um, sneaky pick there, I like it. Evan Ingram and Hayden Hurst is a nice upside tight end stack. Marlon Mack, we'll just see how that shakes out. Cole Beasley had a surprisingly good year, and Michael Pittman. Um, you expect to continue to progress. I think this is a good team. I don't have any issues with any of the picks that were taken here. I really like the upside. I think that the floor plays that he had are are calculated risks, if you will, and guys like DJ Chark, Justin Jefferson, Michael Gallup, I think that their um, floor is baked in or their downside is baked into their position. I think he capitalized on all this good value, good upside. I, I, I B plus borderline a minus for me probably like a flat 90 89 i like it 89 that's a good yeah Yeah. i don't have any arguments with that breakdown really i think he he's pretty solid all the way through he did a good job i i think this is his first time joining so hopefully he'll come back next week and join us again next week uh yeah i like what he did all right uh big travel you get to bring us home because ryan mobley was auto pick all night so uh we will just finish out the show with jacob lay our number one fan all right number one fan number one sniper this guy you know got when he the draft opened up he picks 10 then he sees i got 12 he moves closer he moves just over to 11 <laughs> really? he just yeah. To, yeah he got right <laughs> good job uh, social distance please jacob all right six feet please no, uh, Jacob, really appreciate you as always. The support has been there since day one, and you have killed another draft, I'm sure. We'll uh, we'll roll through here. Travis Kelsey at the end of the first. Look, we've talked about this at length, too, uh, this offseason. <laughs> Austin's got the mask on. Yeah. Uh, Travis Kelsey uh, basically was a wide receiver, uh, you know, and a really good one at that for fantasy football purposes. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, James Robinson, just two solid plays after that Robert Woods CeeDee Lamb the CeeDee Lamb pick I would have rather had CD than Tyler Lockett just to play a little bit more upside there but um, you sniped him Travis Etienne we'll have to see where he lands me and Johnny were um, looking at his tape too and you guys can listen to the podcast we break down Travis Etienne and some of the other guys um, we'll see I, he's a definitely a playmaker he had a nose for the end, jo- end zone in college I just want to see where he goes he's going to need the right system I think to to make it work next year Josh Allen, uh, I've talked about him being sniped here from me. So, Jacob Blay, you're going to get mega points for that because I was looking right at him. And seventh, the seventh round for Josh Allen would have been an absolute steal, and it was um, almost the eighth round, really. Uh, Devonta Smith, Debo Samuel. Uh, Debo Samuel was another one. I couldn't even believe he was still there. I think you know he's getting a little bit of a discount because of the injury last year, but him healthy, uh, he'll be a good a good fantasy option next year. Chase Edmonds, we talked, you know, Johnny talked a little bit about that and what that could look like. Tony Pollard's another interesting one. I got to give Austin credit. 
uh, for kind of turning our heads to Tony Pollard a little bit for next year. We see the the usage that he got towards the end of last year, the usage that they scaled back of Zeke's, mm-hmm. uh, and Pollard put some nice juice on tape last uh, last year for sure. Matthew Stafford, uh, we've talked about that trade. I think that's a, a solid backup. And then Madison is just a, a pr- uh, premier handcuff. So if you can stack one of those and, and keep it away from your opponents in the league, that's good. Like, I think he's got an A. I don't have a weakness here. Um, all the wide receivers are good. The running backs. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe if we work, work under the hypothetical that Chase Edmonds is the starter, then I think that this is an A. I'll probably have to give him a B plus just because of ETN being your, your RB2 uh, is a little shaky. But other than that, um, I think you, you killed it, Jacob, like, like always. Yeah, yeah, he's right there for me too. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's pretty cool how he he this was completely different uh, way of, of mock drafting and it, and it turned out really well. I thought he did a good job. So, and then the other thing I want to note is why does Austin have so many masks so close and readily available to his his camera and desk? Um, what what are you doing? A lot of Skype and Zoom calls where you put your Johnny. You just on. when you bring the heat when you bring the heat you don't stop spitting. And that's where it's found in those droplets. So the spittle I need to make sure that I've always got yeah. enough masks. Yeah, here geez. for whatever I need to do. He's got the mask. It's like uh, future mask on. Yeah, mask, mask on. Off. Never mask off. We got our son's mask here. We got playing. Ooh, yeah, we got a lot here. All right. Well, wait. What what grade did we end up with, Jacob? Play. I was. I gave him a B plus. I, I wanted to give him an A, but the running backs just scare me a little, just a little bit. The running back, lack of running back depth there. Yeah, I agree with I that. I mean, if ETN goes to the wrong situation, or God forbid gets hurt in his rookie year, then you've got James Robinson and a bunch of, right now, are handcuffs. Um, so, but I mean, we'll have to see yeah. how that shakes out. But he could have Chase Edmonds as the starter, and let's say Travis ETN goes to Atlanta, and then it's like all of a sudden this sure. team is... Sure, he could. So you're saying that and that's why you got to stay right, with us. Right. You got to stay with the Fantasy Whispers. Make sure you've liked and subscribed because there's going to be a lot of movement happening all offseason. Offseason is going to happen. Teams are going to draft players. Rosters are going to change. Stay with the Fantasy Whispers from now until your draft to have all of the movement documented week in, week out. Be sure to join us next week. We do our mock drafts every single Monday. We've got rookies in the mix. It's getting exciting. I'm just looking forward to what's coming up ahead. Yeah, buddy. All right. Until next time, we're the fantasy. I'm Austin Sear. We're out. (laughs) He's Austin. I'm Travis. That's Johnny. We're out. That's how we do this. this Yeah. Peace. Love you guys. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.